The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, show number 622 for Sunday, September 11th, 2016. Good readings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab, the show where you send in tips, questions, and cool stuff found, and we share your tips and cool stuff found. We also share your questions, and uh, we even attempt to answer them. Sponsors for today's episode include Eero at Eero.com, where coupon code MGG gets you free overnight shipping of enterprise-grade Wi-Fi that is totally built for your home. We'll talk more about that and all kinds of stuff a little bit later in the episode here in about to be very, very thunderstormy Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, John F. Braun, and... Here back in Durham, also about to get slammed by a thunderstorm, Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me get back, guys. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to have you back. I, when you texted me this morning and, and asked if we had a mic for you, I was I was pleased as punch. Yeah, you weren't trying to hide the show by moving it up an hour. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete, sure. Show up later. <laughs> See you at 10. That's right. Yeah. Let everybody go. Be quiet when you come in. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's... Yeah. All right. So all kinds of stuff to talk about this week, but we're going to start with uh, with cool stuff found. And uh, and John, the the first cool stuff found that I want to talk about is uh, something that I found online called Genius Pack. Actually, I think it was a Twitter ad, believe it or not, that uh, that. Uh, that taught me about this, but it's uh, it's ironic that you're here, Pete, because a lot of times we talk about carry on suitcases and that's what genius pack is. It's a spinner carry on suitcase that is built for uh, well, for anyone uh, because now we're all geeks. It's got an internal uh, portable charger that uh, that can charge your phone a couple of times. It's got a, an interesting laundry uh, shoot on the, not shoot pouch. I should say oh. on the side. Yeah. That uh, that actually it um, it it uses um, an air valve to compress your laundry down. Oh, that's cool. Yes, I use uh, vacuum packs to, uh, to, to you know to compress to do the same down. thing. So, yeah, yeah, sure. So that's great having yep. that built in. Yep. So um, yeah, not inexpensive. It's uh, it's two hundred and thirty eight bucks. I, I saw it online, uh, but and I, it looks like there's another code for like another thirty bucks off. So um, so you know somewhere in the two hundred dollar range, but. Uh, I always, I you know, I I have an old casemate for a short period of time made a carry-on suitcase that I really really liked and and have continued to use for a long time. But uh, I've been in the market, so. Yeah. Well, let me send let me send this out to everybody who sure. who makes <laughs> makes such cases uh, as a professional traveler. I, I'll tell you, it's lots of pockets is key. You know, it really is. I've tried to move away to some other suitcases over the years, and I keep going back to my my pretty neat things bag because. It, in the middle of the night, I can go and get an antacid because I know exactly what pocket it's in. And I can find my headphones. I can find all this stuff. And it sounds like this suitcase has that. Stuff, it's got you know? tons of pockets. Yeah. Yes. Because I just know where my pockets are. You know where it, your things are. I could are. do it in the dark. Yeah. Yep. And it, makes it doesn't it matter so what hotel easier. room or it, Airbnb. Exactly. Or exactly. Yep. And having to open the whole suitcase and go through everything in the main part to get to you know my shaving kit or something like that right. is just inconvenient it's, so it's when it's lots of pockets makes it super easy so cool. this looks cool it yeah. does yeah. yeah all right so that's uh that's number one on the old cool stuff found list 
Number two on the cool stuff found list comes from listener Larry. So this here's an item uh, that I've been using for years. It's a Safari extension called Auto Pagerize, and it enables you to continuously scroll through websites that are paginated. Uh, and it's a yeah, it's a Safari extension. It, but here's the thing: it's it's not for just any website that's paginated. Um, and their description from actually MacWorld UK wrote about it. Uh, it says when you're running a search on Google or shopping on eBay or Amazon, you get your search results served up one page at a time and you have to keep clicking next to see each successive page. Auto pagerize speeds that up for you. As you scroll to the bottom of the search results, it auto loads the next page in line at the bottom and gives you continuous scrolling. And I tried, I tried it on TMO at first because the, the, the description was websites that are paginated. And we have some articles that we do, uh, that that have multiple pages because they get too long for a single page, and uh, and this didn't do anything for those. And then I loaded some Amazon results, and it was like, oh, thank goodness, because it's a it's a pain in the neck to keep clicking through. So thanks, Larry. Auto pagerize, pretty cool, huh, John? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um. All right. What uh, what's next here? What do we got here? Listener, John. Uh, and, and this is actually timely because iOS 10 is coming. Uh, listener, John says I'm on the beta of iOS and use mail app for work and outlook app for my personal account. Neither offers an option to save an email as a PDF via the share sheet, but, and you may know this already open an email and choose to print it. At that point, you can force touch the email itself and you get a share sheet arrow where you can then choose to save to Dropbox or iCloud as a perfect PDF works in both mail app and outlook and really would work anywhere that you can print. And I believe I was able to do this on my iPhone SE just by holding without, uh, without force touch. Cause I don't have force touch on my iPhone SE. So pretty good, huh, John? Nice. Good. Okay. What else do we have here? Lots of cool stuff found fast paced, clever files makes a piece of software called disc drill. And uh, and disk drill is uh, yet more data recovery software for the Mac. And uh, and I didn't mention it during our backup segment, or at least during our backup deep dive when we when we did the segment on recovering your data. But uh, but it'll scan and show you files and and uh, well, does what it does. It drills into your disk. So have you tried have you tried this one out, John? I've looked at parts of it. Um well, number one, um, I'm like, who are these guys? And I'd, I'd ask, ask, you the, ask you that question. Mm. I think this is their first product. Uh, it could be. Yeah, Clever Files and Distril are registered trademarks of 508 Software LLC. Okay, that's not a name I'm familiar with. So sure. Just saying, it's new. Yep. But, um, but in addition to both data recovery, which, yeah, they claim to be able to recover things from uh, both computers and handheld devices using cleverness. Um, they also have some, you know, smart, uh, what do I see here? Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, backup protection, recovery, disc health, cleanup, duplicate. So uh looks like kind of a Swiss army knife. Uh, though I think their main feature that they're touting is recovery, but they do some other things as well. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. The more, the more, the merrier, right? As long as it's um, Mary, a girl named Mary called. 
you, you don't know that reference. I don't know that reference. No, we're, we're okay. Now yes. you got to tell me what the reference is. From. It's from Eraserhead. You know, Eraserhead. Uh, you know, that is something I am un, completely unfamiliar with, which, which yeah, I know I is David Lynch. I think. David Lynch. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of twisted. I know. Which is yeah. why it, it's bizarre that I've never, uh, I've never watched it. So maybe, uh, maybe next time we're together, we'll, uh, we'll watch a race. Yeah. yeah, we could find it. So I'll toss one out here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Cause it's something I just got Dave and I think it's pretty slick. So Synology wanted to set me up with something new. Okay. So as you know, I got the, uh, DS seven thirteen plus it's one of their more modest units, uh, has two bays, you know, but it's got the oomph. Um, you know, I think it has enough juice to, to do the transcoding and stuff like right. that if need be. Right. Um, but one reason I got that one is because when, uh, when they hooked me up with it, they're like, oh, by the way, this is one of the units uh, that has the potential for expansion. So they sent me, and they set me up with, and I am using it right now, and I'm actually scrubbing as we speak. But they have some expansion units, and I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll check one of those out. And it's the DX213. So what does that do for you? So it's basically, it looks pretty much like the other unit, but it has two bays, um, and an eSATA cable that basically can, you connect it to your original unit. I think they also have a five bay unit, which is, I guess it's the five thirteen. but Makes it basically sense. turns, sure. it basically turns my two bay unit, Dave, into a four bay unit. So in, in, as far as the software is concerned, your two bay unit uh, or your, you don't, you don't directly address this expansion. It just now you, when you talk to your, your main Synology 713, it sees four drives and you, and you have all those extra capabilities and, and, and that correct. Right. So what it, what it, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, the only thing is, you know, when you list your drives, it'll say, oh, the location of this is DX 213 dash. Sure. Sure. Okay. So you yeah. Can yeah. Tell yeah. that it's in there. Right. But I did a few things. So one, you know, one I, I learned how there's their hybrid RAID works. So right now I have uh, two threes in the original unit. Okay. And I'm like, and, and the rule is using their Synology hybrid RAID. If you add a drive, it has to be at least the size of the existing drives or larger. The, the size of your largest drive or larger. That's correct. Yeah. Now I thought I could combine two smaller drives to look like a larger drive, but that's not the way it works. And you told me that was silliness, but I was like, Oh, there's a, <laughs> you, there is a way to do it. Actually. You can take two drives and meld them into one, but it's not, it's a, it's a separate volume. It's a separate volume. That's true. Yeah. But, but, but when I totally this, possible, that's right. Yeah. But here's what I did. So I put in an extra drive and it adds it to the array and it takes it a while to, you know, configure it and format it and stuff like that. Um, and now all of a sudden I have that same option that you have data scrubbing, which sure. is a feature that, uh, verifies the integrity of the, uh, drives and the, uh, you know, the, the checksum data, I guess. Right. 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 It reads everything and makes sure that it can read it is, is, I mean, that's, that's at, at its core. That's what data scrubbing does. That's yeah. right. But then the other thing I did, Dave is like, well, you know, I got an extra bay. Should I put another drive? Well, I can't because it has to be at least the same size. So right now I have two threes and a four. Okay. Um, so actually, the four I actually purchased um, a factory refurbished WD. I got it for ninety nine bucks, dude. Cool. We'll see how it works. And then the other thing that I did is, which is really cool. So I have one extra uh, bay. I'm like, what should I do with this? Well, I took my SSD out of my Mac Mini, Dave, a two forty gig. Oh yeah. Um, and I replaced it with the one terabyte that I have. I'm like, right. okay, now it's time. And what am I going to do with the SSD? Well, the Synology supports the concept of adding an SSD cache. So I put the SSD 
and repurposed it. So it's in the array here now acting as a, a read cache. You can make it a read or a read write cache. They recommend they don't recommend write caching. I guess it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Okay. Yep. But read caching. So it's acting as a read cache. So I'm I'm smoking, man. That's great. It's great. I mean, but it's great they give you the capability uh, with a lot of their units to uh, add drives down the road if you decide you need them. Right. 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 Cool. It's only uh, and I've seen on the market it's uh, it's under three hundred bucks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. I I, I have no experience with the expansion base, so I'm glad to hear it's effectively seamless. I mean, it, there's you know you can you can dig if you want, but it sounds like it just it just works. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know that took a while, but it, it no. does a lot of stuff. Or, yeah, or it exposed cool. me to a lot of the features of the system that I had. Uh, that you already had. Before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, cool. moving I got on. a quick question about that. I'm looking in here. I don't see that on their Synology site, but it's available on Amazon. I mean, uh, what am it's I missing? Under, if you look uh, under expansion, so it's not, it's not, yeah, if it, it's kind of hard to find uh, okay, under. Because I was looking under uh, network attached storage. It, yeah, yeah, which it's not. Yeah. It's just the expansion. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So you look under expansion and then they tell you which units are capable of taking what expansion units. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question, Pete. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's why we have you here. Yeah, I know. couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going, it's, it, I'm going, well, why was it on Amazon but not on Synology? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to, in 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 the process of thanking Pete, I'm going to also talk about uh, our chat room because you all serve uh, a, a similar purpose. I mean, <laughs> it's nice to hang out with you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in terms of, you know, when I'm gone, you the, get the, the, chat room. the tens of thousands of people here that listen to the show, you serve a purpose that's that's frankly quite irrelevant to the fact that you and I are friends, and and that is that you ask the questions mid show that someone might have, and sure. often it's more than just you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I hope so. <laughs> it, well, that's the thing, and it it helps speed things along with the conversation because now we don't have to wait a week to to address this. And no, it, Pete's the only idiot that had that. Question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the, the chat room and uh, the chat room is at MacGeekab slash stream. Uh, uh, you know, the folks there, uh, especially the regulars, but really anyone is is totally welcome, and. Uh, it, you know, they are listening along live and doing the same thing. Sure. So it, uh, I want to say thank you to everyone at, uh, com slash stream. And, uh, and, th- and, and, and thank you to you too, Pete. So yeah, Glad to good be. stuff. Okay. Uh, back to uh, cool stuff found here. Listener Gary suggests mile IQ. He says, uh, this app is for tracking business mileage and it's remarkable called mile IQ. It tracks your driving in the background. Uh, the app does not have to be started or running, uh, by default, it will ask you to classify each trip as personal or business. I used its intuitive interface to set hours that are most likely to be business driving. Uh, and it only asks me for trips during those hours. Now outside those hours, it tags trips as personal automatically, but of course I could change them. The first 40 trips per calendar month are free. And then there's a $60 a year subscription. And, uh, and Gary actually has a code for, uh, for uh, 20% off an annual subscription. My guess is Gary gets something out of it too, but uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with that. So we will put that in, uh, in the show notes and everybody can help each other out. So thanks Gary. Very, very cool stuff. I, I like that idea. Um, I, you know, I, I rewind back to the days when I was doing a lot, a lot of business mileage driving and, and I would have loved, I would have killed for something like this, my kingdom for, uh, for an app like this 20 years ago. So, yeah. All right. 
uh, it's a cool see. thing though. You look at all this stuff that's going on today, and you're talking about Synology's expansion and and these other things that are going on. And I mean, 20 years ago, that wasn't even in the in the concept, right? You know, it, it's, right. You know, for for that matter, when the iPhone came out, it didn't have apps on it for the most part. It, it you know, only had Apple's it, apps. Yeah, it's exactly. true. And then they were few and far between. What they have a half dozen apps, you know, clock, right. uh, that cool. kind of stuff. And now you use it to, you know, do whatever. Log, log scuba. Dive. Yeah, it's a pocket computer. Yeah. Oh, so, totally. Yeah. 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 And, and oh, by the way, you can make phone calls on it. You know, it has an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the that's the funny thing is it's an app that a lot of people kind of move off their home screens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, fun little apps. Todd has the suggestion of Message Plus. He said uh, it, it was discussed actually on MacBreak Weekly uh, a while back. He said they used it while traveling in Europe with a non Verizon wireless SIM card and were still able to get their SMS messages and send SMSs. So that's the uh, that's the point of Message Plus is it allows you to connect. I think it's only for Verizon customers uh, because it is by Verizon, but it allows you access to their uh, your text messages in their system over non Verizon networks. So uh, my guess is it's doing it over a data connection and just connecting uh, kind of like iMessage, but, uh, but this actually gets you your SMSs because you're tying directly to Verizon. So very, very cool. I like it. Wolfgang brings us uh sight hound video. Uh, it's a home security software system. He says, which sounds boring, but this one is different and I think better for a few reasons. Number one, and I'll just list the reasons. I'm not going to tell you the numbers. You folks can uh, count. We're all, we're, all, we're all good enough for that here. He says, uh, it has really good object detection and alerts. It offers an iOS app and web-based remote access. It's easy to use. It works well with many different IP cameras. The server software runs on a Mac. It has IFT integration. And it has a free trial. He says, I tried a bunch of alternatives and have been running SightHound now for over a year. It's been way better than any other solution. And the best part is there are no monthly fees because it has and because it has smart object detection. You can find what you're looking for and only save the interesting clips, which uses much less drive space. It's been a real drag for my teenage son because he can't have parties when I'm out of town anymore. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks, Wolfgang. I, I, I will um, I will share with you a piece of life advice that uh, that Lisa and I came up with this year because we have uh, we've got a webcam in the house and uh, it's a D-Link. It's an older D-Link one. It's mainly just aimed at Hector so that we can check on Hector D-Bird while we are out of the house. And uh, and when we went to Mexico to go see fish back in uh, January, I guess it was. We thought, oh, you know, the kids are, they were going to be staying with my dad, but they were going to have access to the house. And, and we told my dad and the kids, look, if the kids want to be at the house, that's fine. You know, they don't need to be hyper supervised and, and all that. And I said to Lisa, well, yeah, we can check on them and, and find out, you know, at any point in time what they're doing. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm going to be on a beach in Mexico, enjoying myself with my, you know, my wife and I together. We're going to go to some concerts. We're going to have a really good time. It's a nice couple's weekend away. Um, why in the world would I want to know in real time what my kids think they're getting away with? That's only <laughs> going to serve to ruin their weekend, certainly, but also mine. Like, I might just want to check the footage when I get back if I have reason to do so. Mm. And otherwise, I don't really need to know. You know, there you go. trust, yeah. but verify. Trust, but right? verify when necessary. I mean, look, if I get home 
and everything in the house is totally fine. The kids are fine. <laughs> then you better check the video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. In that case, I need to look at the video because it's obvious something happened. That's right. <laughs> you know, I did I not still... look at the video, by the way, while we were away. So just so you know. <laughs> I still want to lobby for Hector Cam. It exists. Uh, it's just, you a know, public Hector. Camp. Yeah. The problem with that is it is a camera that is a window into our home. And, um, yeah, I you know, so you it, could charge money for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just I we thought about it, but I don't want to have to think about, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. If I'm going to go over to yeah, right. If I'm going to go mess with Hector, for example, I shouldn't be naked. Right. <laughs> and now that's that's actually good advice, regardless of cameras, exactly. because Hector has a very sharp beak. But uh, <laughs> and she can take flight if and if and when she chooses. But uh but you know that kind of thing. So I don't want to subject the public to that. And uh, and I and I I you know there's there's yeah. times when I don't have, when I have to think about uh, the public. When she was Ambrosia's mascot, it was okay because they didn't she was in the office. Yeah. Seeing what was in the office. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Very very different. Yeah. Hector lives in our kitchen with us. And and yes, the camera is mainly focused only on on Hector. But it she's she's in sort of a high traffic area, so it would be. Very common for, for you to see people walking back and forth um, in front of her cage. So we kind of leave it um, out. And and our camera will do audio. For the most part, I have that off. I actually only turn on audio capture when we are going to be away so that I have the ability to hear what's going on in the house. So uh, can you talk to Hector? No. You have audio enabled. Uh, audio. Okay, it, just listen. Uh, correct. Okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's a computer right next to her, so I can wake up that iMac and, and actually I can use, uh, what does it say, right? Speak? What's what's the, the terminal command? Uh, is it speak, say? Yeah, it's say. say. Yeah, so if I say, say, hello, Hector. You guys didn't hear it, but Pete and I did. I'm trying to think of how I would even begin to capture that to send to you real time here. And I know exactly how to do it, and I'm not going to. Oh yeah, I am because I'm I'm foolish like this. Let's see, can I do it? Can I? No, I don't know that I can. I'm sure I can. I'd have to think more about yeah. this system audio. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. Hang on. Oh. Uh, are I, we still I here? Hurt myself. That's bad. Yeah. So just stop talking for a second. Hello, Hector. There you go. So now, uh, <laughs> now <laughs> that's that. We're gonna. I've, it, this is like Apple did during their thing. I'm editing my audio hijack pro um, or not audio hijack pro audio hijack session in real time while we're recording the show. That's a really, really bad idea. Um, but, uh, but there you go. So what yeah, could go wrong. So that, that's the tip is, is from the terminal. I, I literally just typed say space, hello, space Hector. And, and you heard the results. So, um, so there you go. I'm going to leave that alone now because it's like, I'm definitely going to screw something up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, Wolfgang. Uh, and, and for uh, just to wrap that up, the, the thing that I use our, our webcam with is Synology surveillance station. So if you have a Synology disk station, it has surveillance station in it. You just by nature of owning a Synology, get that software free. And I believe two cameras can be connected uh, with the the license that comes with it, if you want to connect more cameras, then then you can buy that or lease that license from from Synology. So, okay, uh, James. Speaking of the terminal, it's amazing how these things come together. Uh, actually, no, this isn't a terminal thing. This is oh, where is James? 
I'll find it. I swear. Yeah, it's it's called Cot Editor is his cool stuff found. Uh, he says, I know you've talked about BB Edit as a text editor, and I use one called Cot Editor, which he says he finds similar, or at least for his purposes. So we will put that, a link to the App Store in, and uh, and you can check that out. It looks, it, you know, it's got some text highlighting. I don't know how it does with multiple files or anything. I haven't I haven't downloaded it, but uh, but it looks like it does... Uh, it's an editor, which is good. So cool. Thanks, James. Fun stuff. I like it. Curtis has, he's got something to tell us. Curtis says in preparation for a recent trip, I used Walter app and that's W a L T R at W a L T R. Oh, it's at softarino.com. We've talked about Walter on the show before. Um, he says, I've used Walter app to load TV shows and movies, from my Mac to my iOS devices. The process is dropped dead simple and fast. And he's right. Walter was kind of that magic app that came out that allows you to put movies natively on your iPhone and watch them natively on your iPhone that would normally not be natively available to be put on your iPhone. He says you launch Walter, you plug in your iOS device using the lightning to USB cable, and you drag and drop video files into the Walter window. Videos are played in the iOS videos app. Metadata is transferred along with the moving pictures. And Walter indicated how much free space was available on my device. On that trip, I had a lot of downtime in the evenings. I burned through my TV shows and I wanted more. I used my $5 a month Plex Pass along with the iOS Plex app to download, i.e. sync, more content from my Plex library at home to my mobile device over a painfully slow internet connection. Streaming was theoretically possible, but not happening because of the service speeds that I had where I was. In this case, TV shows played in the Plex app. Metadata is transferred along there. So between Walter and Plex, Curtis got uh, everything he needed. And it's a nice little use case story. So thanks for sharing that uh, with us. And, uh, and Walter is pretty cool. It's, it's, it's actually quite magical. So, All right, moving along. We're almost to the bottom of our cool stuff found list here. 26 minutes into the show with some tangents. Jason tells us about air mount and uh, air mount. something he, he told us about on Twitter and Jason is notorious for telling us about cool stuff found on Twitter. I like it. He says, uh, air mount allows you to access your iPhone from your Mac, no cloud and no magic. Uh, you do need a newer Mac to do this. And you can see your iPhone photos, videos, and documents as a drive from your Mac's Finder and uh, drag and drop photos between multiple iOS devices because it can see them simultaneously. Works without internet. Uh, AirMount creates a, as they say, a direct high speed wireless connection between nearby devices. I think, I, I think you have to, I, I forget what the technology is. Um, I, I looked mm -hmm. at it when this first came in, but you need a mid 2012. Uh, Mac or later. So it's using um, it's not using Bluetooth LE, but it will. But I think it's using the same uh, it's using Wi-Fi in the same way that that handoff does, I believe. So that's um, so that's where that comes from. Pretty cool, though. We'll put that in the oh, show that notes. That looks cool. I wonder, does, do you know if it gets into other stuff or just, just the native, like, photos and... I, uh, you know, the, I haven't uh, used it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jason well, just gonna, told us about I'm it. I'm going to play with that because cool. there's some stuff on my phone I can't find. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't messed with this, but but I, I wanted to just talk about the OneNote 
Evernote importer for the Mac. So uh, Evernote uh, is a, a third party or a company that makes a notes app, right? OneNote is Microsoft's notes app and you get uh, some free storage from Microsoft with just an account. And of course, if you, if you have an office 365 subscription, I think you get up to a terabyte of storage from Microsoft and your OneNote database can fit in there. And now there is an importer to pull data from Evernote into OneNote. Evernote changed their pricing model lately. And a lot of people who are using the free account did not like it because you could only be signed into a limited number of devices at a time. So Microsoft's OneNote Evernote, Evernote importer is a nice way to get your Evernote stuff into OneNote. I'm very, very curious about Apple's Notes app, uh, especially how that's evolving. They changed the foundation of it a couple a couple of iOS iterations ago, and now we're finally starting to see some of the real benefits of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm still an Evernote user, but I've started using iOS Notes, especially for music stuff, because it allows me to very quickly scratch out um, scribbles and diagrams and and you know, rhythmic charts right inside of a note that also has text. And that's something that I really don't have an easy time doing on any other notes app. So I'm, I'm curious where Apple's notes app is going to go because it might be the thing to replace Evernote for me. And certainly if you don't use a notes app currently, I would say start with Apple's notes app. It might do everything you need. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Cause I found there's been things like, you know, I'm trying to draw somebody where I've left their car in a parking lot. Rather than trying to to yeah. describe it, you yeah. know, second row left. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. So yeah, and 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 OneNote users uh, swear by it. So this is one of those Microsoft products, and there are many that people seem to really love. So, what do you? Use? I, I know you use Evernote uh, at least for Mac Geekab, John, because that's what we share uh, our Mac Geekab stuff with. But do you use Evernote or anything else for other purposes? Uh, notes. Yeah, you do use Notes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so on my iOS uh, currently device, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my iPad. Um, if I want to get it fixed. Hello? Hey, we're, we're getting a weird... Skype just got weird on us there, Mr. Oh, okay. Didn't get weird to me. But yeah, I'm, I'm using uh, Notes right now. Between okay. uh, my phone and my uh, mini. and uh, Yeah, for stuff that I want to share. Uh, works for me. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, so I got a couple more here. This will be quick. All right. So one here. Uh, yeah, I don't think we got it in the last CSF, but we got it in this one here, Dave. Ready? I am ready. I'm, I'm uh, getting a lot of packet loss from you, John. I'm gonna yeah. uh, I'm gonna pause the show here, and we're gonna we're gonna sort out what might be going on, and we'll be right back. All right, John. I think I've brought us back in here, and I think we're okay. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about your? Uh, you've got two more things on the cool stuff found list. Yep, got two more things here. So one is from our friends at Micromat, um, probably best known for Tech Tool Pro. Um, but there's a freebie that they decided to release that's a very quick and dirty uh, thing that checks your uh, checks your Mac health, and it's called Mac Check. Um, pretty much, it'll show you uh, when you run it the the eight tests that it does. So it tells you the status of the power on self test, does an I/O check, battery test, memory test. Smart test, a RAID status if you have a RAID, uh, volume structure, and partition map. <clears throat> cool. So, thought it'd be nice to mention. They, uh, yeah, it just came out recently. And then here's one, Dave. So in the past, when we were talking about reading the console on iOS devices, yeah, 
was like, oh, well, you know, there's the iPhone configuration utility that I got like ages ago. And I'm like, ah, oh, but it doesn't work anymore. I can't read the console. Well, that's because, dude, that's old and busted. <laughs> the new hotness is something that they call Apple Configurator 2. And this is what you should be using. I just had never uh, seen if there was a, an update. Huh. So it's from Apple, um, performs very similar function. Uh, the, the main intent of it is to let you uh, configure a large amount of iOS devices or Apple TV. Uh, so, so it'll deal with iPhone, iPad, uh, iPod Touch, I guess, and, uh, and sure. even Apple TVs. So if you need to deploy them. So for enterprise users, it's probably a cool thing. But it also gives you uh, some detailed information. Uh, if you plug your device in, it'll tell you a bit more than iTunes does as far as some of these unique IDs and addresses. Sure. You know, Mac addresses, stuff like that. But it also, when you click on console, unlike the prior tool, which kind of got broken with the way they changed the iPhone or iOS, um, this one lets you see the console. So absolutely free from Apple. So huh. Apple Configurator 2. Cool. I like it. That's a nice find, man. Sounds like you never got around to checking it out either. No, no, this is news to me. So that's why we do this show, right? Uh, I didn't say it in the intro, but the goal is to learn. We've raised the bar for new things every time we get together. And, uh, and there, that's at least one for me. And, and I think there were a couple others in, in the cool stuff found where I, I got to learn things, but I want to uh, make sure everyone leaves and knows about our first sponsor. And that is Eero. At Eero.com, and I'll, I'll remind you that coupon code MGG gets you free overnight shipping. Eero is enterprise-grade Wi-Fi made super easy so that anyone can deploy and successfully use this at their house. That, that's the concept of what Eero is, and that is what Eero does. I've set it up. Uh, I had it uh, running here, and I've uh, set it up, and my dad uh, is running Eero at his house now. And it's flawless. You just, it, so you buy the Eero kit and you can buy them one piecemeal as well. You can buy individual Eros, but really, if you want to get started, you, you want to buy the three Eero kit, uh, which they have. It's $4.99. Again, MDG gives you free overnight shipping. And it comes, as I said, with three units. They are all exactly the same. One of them you plug in and it becomes your router. And then the other two, uh, you put, strategically throughout your home to expand your Wi-Fi signal. Now those, if you have ethernet in the walls, you can use ethernet and plug it into Eero and it will use that as its backbone. If not, it uses actually both wireless channels as its backbone, but it does it intelligently so that you're getting the best speed to your client devices that you possibly can. And, uh, and it all happens automatically. There is no, crazy configuration to do. Uh, of course you can do port forwarding. If you want, you can do DHCP address reservations. If you want, it supports universal plug and play so that your games and Skype and all of that stuff just automatically can manage the, the router. All of that stuff can happen. No problem, but you don't have to mess with it. If you don't want, it's all set up with an iOS app and, uh, and it's very easy. I can manage and actually see the health of, my dad's Wi-Fi network from anywhere because you just set it up and, uh, and do it with your phone. And so it doesn't matter where I am. I can, I can check on it and see what's going on. And I can even turn off his computer or I turn off access to his computer. If I so choose, I haven't done that yet because he hasn't given me reason to, but uh, you know, no, um, it, it's really interesting. And especially 
you know, I was I got to talk to Nick, their their CEO and their founder, uh, one of their founders. I I am not sure if he's the only one, but uh, I got to talk to him about this. And you know, we're living in this world and where there's a lot of people talking about multi-user MIMO, right? Where you can have multiple devices talking simultaneously to, to one router. Now, obviously you can have multiple devices connected simultaneously to one router. We're all used to that, but multi-user MIMO allows you to have the router actively sending or receiving data from multiple devices at once, which is not normally what happens. Normally it's you send a little bit and then move on to the next one. And it's sort of this, you know, uh, round Robin thing. Uh, he feels, and, and I, I like where he's going with this because right now, I bet none of you, I would say at least 90% of you don't have any client devices that support multi-user MIMO. And it will be a long time before we have critical mass of those. And it only makes sense once you have critical mass. Eero is a different concept. Instead of going down the multi-user MIMO path, they went down the path of having multiple access points, effectively getting you the ability to have multiple devices, multiple client devices talking on your network simultaneously by having multiple access points. And the access points are tied together with their own smarts, allowing them to hand clients off intelligently and manage the flow and balance your network without you having to think about a thing. So this works with all client devices, not just the very, very latest, which don't even exist for Apple users. And, uh, and, and it really does work. That my dad, you know, he's always kind of been plagued with Wi-Fi problems. And now uh, the way he talks about it, he says, uh, thank you for bathing us in Wi-Fi. He says, I can go anywhere on my property now. Uh, you know, we kind of put things in the right places. And he's like, it just doesn't matter where I am. We all can see Wi-Fi and get on the Internet. No problem. No questions asked. So you got to check it out. Eero.com. E-E-R-O.com. And remember to use coupon code MGG for two reasons. Number one, it gets you free overnight shipping. So you can have enterprise grade Wi-Fi in your home tomorrow. And by using coupon code MGG, it tells them that, uh, that, you know, you bought uh, and heard about it from us. So appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you appreciate it too. All right. I know that went a little longer than most sponsor spots, but, uh, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's so close to the content that we do here at Mac geek. I can't help, but getting a little bit geeky, about the uh, the way it all works and and all that. So hopefully there's some some uh, some uh, intellectual value there, even for folks that are already using Eero or have already made their decision. So all right, John. This week, I don't want to spend a, you know a whole show or even more than maybe five ten minutes talking about this, but was was Apple had their announcement this week? Uh, I ordered a jet black iPhone seven, uh, much to my I, I'm not sure that I will want to keep it long term, but I want to, you know, it's what we do here. So I want to at least test it out. But, uh, you know, I'm an iPhone SE kind of person these days, and I really like the mm -hmm. four inch iPhone. So there, there's no four inch version of the seven yet. So jet black iPhone seven is the smallest I can go. So I, I got one of those. That wasn't the only thing. I did not order on a new Apple Watch. which provider? Because I think I have some relevant information. You may know where I'm going with this. I, I, I got the AT&T one um, because I'm, okay. I'm an AT&T customer. So, uh, you know. Okay. Yep. But you've heard the 7, unlike the 6. So the 7 is that if you get it with AT&T and I forget, I think one other provider. Yep. There's only a GSM radio. That's right. Oh. There is not a CDMA radio. Now, it's funny because somebody posted something about that. 
I think in our Facebook group or just on Facebook in general. Yep. And someone else replied, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that the Verizon phone comes with both. So Correct. for resale. So consider carefully when you're getting a phone, yeah. um, wh- what choice you make, because in my humble opinion, the AT&T one would be less desirable if you want to sell it because only AT&T people can use it. That's or interesting. Potentially. Yeah, maybe I should return this and, and get a uh, a Verizon one and then just put my AT&T SIM in it. Uh, it that should work for then, you. Yeah, so how do you get just, it unlocked, just, though? What's that? How do you get it unlocked, then? Well, I, I mean, I bought it flat out. I bought it flat out from yeah, Apple. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And okay. if, if you okay. order from Apple... Even on their their payment plan, I just paid I just paid for it out sure. of the gate because it's simpler um, and it makes returns easier. Frankly, right. <laughs> right. Um, but if if you order on Apple's payment plan, uh, you you're under contract with Apple for the payments, but the phone is unlocked when you right. get you it. You just bring your phone to AT and T, and then yeah, okay. Because yeah. I did that with my mine. I got a, a T Mobile phone, so yeah. that was unlocked uh, when yeah. I did the the six S or the six plus. No. Yeah, so. Oddly, what's interesting, too, is that so if you are near a Verizon corporate store, which we happen to have one of these in Fairfield, Connecticut. Yep. In, from what I've seen on their site, I can actually trade in my 6S, which I'm still paying off, and I, I'm able to trade it in and, and take no penalty. Sure. They'll set me up with a 7 and let me continue on my payment plan. Oh, nice. So I don't pay any extra. Right, right, right. Um, I'm, you know, actually I got to say, I don't know if I want to Dave, cause I got a lot of cases and nifty gadgets for the six. And from what I understand, the cases for the six and the seven are not the same. They're slightly different. Yeah. There, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. Like screen protectors, uh, from what I understand will, will be exactly the same, uh, between both of them. But, um, but, but yeah, a case would, would, would have to be different. Uh, yeah, but the phone looks, uh, Looks like a solid uh, you know, yeah. incremental upgrade. Um, the 7 has some spiffy camera features. Not, or, or, I'm sorry, the 7 Plus. Well, yeah. the 7 does, but the 7 Plus has more because they got the two lenses. And right. So they do all sorts of fun stuff with that. So, uh, I mean, we can talk about the... I, we, we don't need to go point by point through everything. And we can if we, if we feel like there are, there's something to say about every point. But, uh, but I wanted to just kind of open the floor and, and talk about anything that that happened during the event in no particular order that that appeals to any of us and one of the things i wanted to talk about was icloud collaboration this is kind of a big deal because uh in in my world and and certainly in even in our mac geek Up world right now we are using google docs uh actively at the moment while we're recording this show we have the timestamps are saved in a google doc as we go through and then the show notes are built in a Google Doc. And the reason is collaboration. I can collaborate. I can put stuff in. You folks can edit. You can hear Pilot Pete typing in the background. He's putting stuff in. I mean, it's it's how this works. And having all of that live uh, it is, is, you know, is something that's just a, a natural part of the workflow of what so many people do. And so having that ability kind of permeate throughout iCloud uh, and and I work, I guess we call it. I don't know. I don't even know what the what the right name is for it. But anyway, yeah, I guess it's I work. Uh, that's I think that's a huge thing. And and it, I mean, it got some stage time. Uh, I, I feel like in the discussion since then has been, oh my god, headphone jack, and and nobody's really talking about the the fact that I work saw this pretty significant upgrade 
so or enhancement, I guess is the right, uh, the right way to say it. So that's, that's, I, I'm looking forward. I, you know, the question is as long as they do it well, and now the power is starting to flicker here. So this is getting fun. Even though it's bright and sunny out, you know, it is bright and sunny out. Yeah. <laughs> we got some big storms hitting this. We week. do. Am I still, are you still with me, John? Yep. I'm All right. Here. Okay. Yeah, there's big storms that are about to blast through here. So um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how we do on the show, folks. <laughs> I'm glad we got through cool yeah. stuff out. Yeah. So um, any, anything from you, John, before we before we lose you? Uh, you know, I mean, the rumors were right. And I got to say, you know, it's funny because I saw I've seen some people, especially one person you and I both know, Dave, who uh, was going ballistic over the removal of the audio port. And it's like. Now, I, I would say the way that Phil presented it, it's funny because Steve used the same argument to, to kind of a. <laughs> John. <laughs> yeah, we lost John. And, you know, I'm going to take that as a sign. We really don't need to be the show that uh, that rehashes the headphone jack thing again and again and again. Go. Um, I'm going to I'm going to pause things here against my better judgment. And we'll see if we can get Mr. Braun back. Uh, wait a minute. I hear I hear it trying to call John Braun. Uh, I'm going to pause things. Give me a second here. We'll, we'll ah, hey, you're I... back. Okay. I didn't have to pause things. But uh, but yeah, the the, um, the power flickered. I, I don't want to be yet another podcast that just sits here and obsesses about the headphone jack. So you've got 20. No, I won't. You've got 20 more seconds to talk about the headphone jack. I have 20 seconds to say something and we're done about it. How's that sound? Yeah, all I was saying is they give me an adapter. Um, it, it'd be a reason for me at some point in the future to revisit wireless options. And uh, Belkin makes a, a splitter thing that will let you listen and charge at the same time. So. Yes. Courageous is um, the way he did. He said it versus how Steve, you know, phrased abandoning flash. uh, It didn't go over as well, but I understand the point. You got to move on. Yeah. All right. So courageous is removing the headphone jack. Um, Chicken is putting an adapter in the box, acknowledging that people still need to use the headphone jack. So I'm not sure where that goes. I will say this because this is the important part. Um, Bluetooth audio will never be at, as uh, the quality of Bluetooth audio will never match what you can get over a wire or yeah. over airplay. And, and mm-hmm. that's an important thing. It's not that wireless audio is bad. It's that Bluetooth audio is naturally compressed. There is no way to send audio over Bluetooth that is not compressed. And on Apple's iPhones, they don't support the highest quality Bluetooth codec that exists. One called Aptex, A-P-T-X. So, uh, so uh, the Macs support Aptex, iPhones don't. So just bear that in mind. Uh, I will say this. I am so happy that Apple is doing wireless headphones because the, the concept, if you've never experienced it before, I, I got to experience it a little earlier this year with something called Earin, E-A-R-I-N that, uh, that I met at CES and I have a set of them here and they are truly wireless earbuds there are no just like apple's things there are no wires and with ear and there's nothing that hangs out of your ear at all it just you put these things in your ear and you're done and it is the most liberating thing to be able to listen to music with no wires attached to your head uh or and no wires i've had other wireless speakers that you know have or wireless earphones that that either go over the head or connect with a cable between two the two ears and all that stuff and that's fine but having it truly wireless is a, a, an oddly liberating thing in a very, very good way. So 
Uh, I'm glad that Apple is doing that with the AirPods. I don't think the AirPods will fit everyone because the earpods don't and they look to be the same. I don't expect the sound quality of the AirPods to be awesome. But of course, I haven't tested them yet. I didn't go out this week. Brian did. He said they sounded good. So who knows? Uh, But we'll find out. And uh, but it opens the market, it legitimizes the market, and that's a good thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, can I have twenty seconds? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, long and short of it is, I've been using Bluetooth wireless for years on my phone um, and traveling, and I've got to say, I have knock wood, I've never been questioned by cabin crew about you know, hey, what's that? You know, the whole radio thing and oh, all that in, too. In so, flight. yeah. Right. So no one's ever given me any grief about having that radio on. I, sh- I can show them I'm in the airplane mode, and I just turn Bluetooth on individually. And then I'm able to watch movies and listen to music and that kind of stuff. So I've never had any problem in the in the cabin. Right. Uh, but yeah, I love it. It's liberating not to have that wire stuck to your phone. Yeah, it's so, great. Uh, I, speaking of wires, what are you doing, Dave? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I noticed that the outboard reverb unit did not survive the power flicker as well uh, as I wanted it to, which okay. is odd because I'm pretty sure it's plugged into my battery backup, but the clip light on it was just on. Oh, there you go. So let me make sure it's actually, hey, yeah, it's working. Okay, good. All right, good, good, good. That's cool. one of the secrets to recording Mac. We're talking Cap about phones. wireless, and Dave is plugging in a thousand wires in the oh, back yeah, of his machine. Oh, yeah, high-quality <laughs> audio over wires. Yeah. There you go. Sweet. Um, anything else we want to talk about with the announcement? Anything about the watch? Anything? Well, actually, um, Brian Monroe in the chat room points out that, uh, that two of the big things were Mario coming from Nintendo to iOS. It's a Mario. It yeah. like, wow. And the, people yeah, were huge. like, I mean, it was like, you know, seeing the Beatles or something. I mean, yeah. having, having the the big cheese there actually presenting this new game and targeting iOS was like, wow. That's a, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. 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 And, and, and Brian Monroe points out the Nike thing, uh, which is, which is very interesting to see Nike partnering with Apple on, especially on the watch. It, um, it interesting. So now finally, though, the, the phone thing that may coerce me or may convince me to upgrade at some point in the future. Yeah. But um, so the camera. So they introduced a lot of things that people who like cameras are into. So optical stabilization is is pretty important if you want to take decent pictures. And that's now standard on the seven. It used to just be the plus, right? That had optical stabilization. Right. Yeah. Um, F 1.8 aperture. That's nice. Six element lens. Uh, and if, uh, my notes are correct here, it now supports raw, which, uh, for the, yeah. for the pro photographers, that's, uh, that's nice versus JPEG or some other format that, uh, tend to lose, lose some data. Whereas raw is raw. Raw's It'll raw. take up space, which, uh, oh, the other thing. Yeah. I think they up the storage now. So there's no 16 gig, right? Or even 32. Is there a 32? There's a 32. Where are they starting? So there, there still is a 16 gig. This is the, this is the important thing to remember. Oh, I thought they abandoned it. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they, they didn't talk about it, but there is a 16 gig iPhone SE, right? So if you go, and this is interesting, in Apple's... But not uh, the 7. The 7. Right. But in Apple's PR library, they talk now about the iPhone family, which, which I mean, it, it's not a new concept for them, but the iPhone family... As of, you know, uh, Wednesday includes the seven plus the seven and the SE. So the SE is still given top billing, at least in terms of that kind of stuff. And there is a 16 gig version of the SE. So they're treating the SE as a current phone, not last year's model, which I find very interesting and hopeful as a as a four inch iPhone uh, lover, preferer and, and user 
I'm hoping that when the 7S comes out next year, we get one in the four inch size. And I, and I think that'll happen. I do. Did we lose John again? No. I mean, oh, okay. All right. Good. You just got quiet. And quiet Skype connection. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Too perfect. <laughs> Too perfect. So yeah, interesting stuff. Um, that it, it's it's um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm you know it's always fun. New gadgets, fun stuff. I did not find a um, a compelling reason for me to upgrade to the Watch Two, the Watch Series Two. Uh, I I am not someone that uses the watch while running. So GPS on the watch, uh, you know, I use it when I, uh, when I cycle, uh, but having my phone with me while I cycle is no big deal. I would probably do that anyway. So the GPS on the phone is just fine. And the speed, of course, more speed is always preferred and better, but with watch OS three having just, or about to be released, I should say, I have it on my watch cause I've been using the developer betas. Uh, that gives me the speed enhancement that, that I felt I wanted. Not that, not that faster wouldn't be better, but so I just, I have not chosen to go down the watch path yet. Uh, that may change though. Yeah. I reserve the right to change my mind. I guess also now both of the major products, the watch and the phone, uh, advertise, uh, various levels of water resistor proofing. Yeah. Well, no, the- no one says waterproof that I mean, Rolex said it for years, but they're the, they're the only watch company that ever even used that word. But yeah. yeah so what a resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the current watch, I know plenty of people that swim with it, the series. Well, the, so we have like series zero, which was the, the first Apple watch, the one that you could buy today. And then series one, which is series zero with the new processor. And then series two, which is truly the new watch. Um, they, uh, the people with the series zero, as I'll call it, have been able to swim with it fine. And anybody with a six S or later, which includes the six S plus and this and the SE, has basically had a phone that would, if, if not be water resistant, survive uh, an hour underwater. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They don't advertise the that, do they? No, they don't. But, but I see, I <laughs> think that was they, smart yeah. for Apple not to advertise I that. I yeah. think smart to do it and roll it out in the market and see, okay, we think this worked. We don't want to advertise it because we don't have to. Right. So let's just put it out there and see what happens and maybe tip some of the right people to talk about it so that there's enough discussion and testing and all of that that happens without us, you know, at arm's length. And then if, if in fact we were right, then when the iPhone seven comes out, we say, Hey, by the way, it's water resistant. IP 67. You're good to go. Nice. Right. Now, now you said from the six S, not the six. Six S. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I fix it immediately. Found new seals in the six S that were not present in the six. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And and people have done tests. Yeah. You can find them on YouTube. An hour underwater for any of those three models of phone, and you know you take it out, and it's like, yeah, okay. Wow. You got to shake the water out of the headphone jack in the speaker. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, I mean, it was underwater for an hour. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, perhaps I've been too careful with my watch, too. I generally don't get it wet. I didn't realize you could swim with it. I, I, again, they don't no. say that. And they have made changes to the watch series, too, in yeah. terms of its water resistance. So, you know, but. Uh, but so you don't want to scuba dive with it, though. The pressure is going to. No, yeah. no. But the, the new one, you could. I mean, really? down to 50 meters. Wow. It's right. It's rated to 50. Wow. I know. That's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's my heart rate while I'm looking at this big, great white shirt? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. 
or what was my heart yeah, rate while go. I was looking there at it? That's go. where the watch is really handy, yeah. right? Is the the, yeah. time, the tracking over time. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we, uh, I think we're going to skip all these follow-ups, John, that we have on the agenda and, uh, and move to some of these questions to introduce some new topics. And then we'll do some follow-ups next week, but uh, anything on the sure. Apple event before we, uh, before we go there? No. Um, <laughs> I said one thing that got a pretty interesting reaction from, uh, a lot of people I posted about the event and I said, um, old people, if you're upset about the technology and music choices being made today, reminder, you're old. Mm. Cause that artist, I mean that, that was above my head. That was something where I'm like, you know, it was, it was just different. I'm like, talking about Sia? first off. Yeah. First off, I'm yeah. like, who's Sia? I'd never heard oh. of her. And then she was doing like interpretive dance and all this wacky stuff. And, yeah. uh, Hey, Tim, Tim's a cool dude, man. That's right. And also the people in the car in the beginning, I didn't know who either. You didn't know like, James Corden carpool karaoke. I I've seen him, but it's not somebody I follow. Ah, but, uh, yeah, but and Tim, Pharrell, right? Pharrell was in the car with him too. Yeah, I, yeah, guess, I guess perhaps this is a, a byproduct of me having teenage children. But but I think part of it's just that being a musician, I I tend to like absorb, try to absorb anything new. Yeah, but uh, so that that Tim Cook hangs with the cool cats. He man. does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend the Carpool Karaoke episode with uh, with Stevie Wonder. It's fun. So there you go. <laughs> all, right. Uh, <laughs> all right. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, cool. So um, Bob has a question. He says, uh, where, where are we talking about here? He says, my Apple TV is taking over and not in a good way. I'm in the middle of cutting the cord and have attached an antenna to my TV for OTA alongside my Apple TV over the air OTA. Uh, My setup went off without a hitch, but now a few days later, when I try to switch to the TV, it automatically jumps back to my HDMI source for the Apple TV. If I stop on several inactive sources until it finds no source, I can keep it sticking to the main TV, but that's not going to work with the rest of the family and just confound my attempts to save some money. I love that when I turn on the Apple TV, it sets my source automatically and correctly and turns the TV on. But what the heck is going on with this switching where it didn't do that before? I don't want to turn that feature off. So I'm looking for a fix of which there's not much mention on the Googles. Yeah, there is not a fix for this. I have experienced it too. Um, It seems like a software update and it might be one that came, you know, six months ago has made the Apple TV a little too overzealous uh, in terms of how it deals with what's called HDMI CEC. That's the name of the protocol that's used to control other devices up the HDMI chain. And and this is exactly it. Uh, you can turn this off in settings on, on your Apple TV settings, remotes and devices. And then there's an option for control TVs and receivers that you can turn off. And that will theoretically disable this but i'm still experiencing some level uh, of this where when when i have everything turn on if i'm not using the apple tv and i turn everything on my receiver then immediately turns off because that's what's connected via hdmi to the apple tv so i've been trying to solve that problem and turning the uh that option off on the apple tv did not solve this for me so uh, that's the only thing i can recommend though and and then maybe a, a universal remote to to kind of control everything. You know, I'm a big, big, big fan of the Logitech Harmony one. So, uh, so your, your mileage may vary, but, uh, but I, you know, that that's all I got. You have any, you have anything on this one, John, before we, before we move on? 
I've been seeing some chatter about something related, and I think that's the HDCP protocol. I've, I've been seeing people talk about that, how that causes some problems too, which is the HDMI the, copy protection. The copy protection. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Depending, now, yeah, I think from iTunes, um, you, you can you can play things because I guess they licensed it and enabled technology. But, right, um, right. Trying to target some third-party displays, you may not be able to see what you paid for. Sure, it doesn't properly implement that. I'll I'll have to dig into that. But I've been seeing it. I've been seeing a lot of chatter about it. How okay. it's uh, it's it's just a mess. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then while we're on this subject, Richard asks. He said uh, he's basically looking for the holy grail of media setups. Uh, he says, I'm building a new home and therefore have the luxury of putting cat six cables throughout smart. My plans include an equipment cabinet with a cable modem, my cable box and DVR, a router and a very large ethernet switch. I can easily add a media server and or a NAS to the closet. Now here's the hard part. I currently have a large iTunes library, two terabytes that I serve to my TVs via Apple TVs. What I want to have is a way to serve cable TV and or DVR stuff to any of my TVs without renting Comcast cable boxes and or having multiple set-top boxes at every TV unit. Something that'll serve my home media, something for streaming, cable TV or and DVR, and all of that in a single box. Maybe this is a dream, but in my dream, I only have one box and remote per TV, and each TV has a great-sounding soundbar. I hope this makes some sense. Is there a better way? Then multiple set top boxes and remotes for each TV. There is Richard. Um, and I think uh, honestly that TiVo is going to be your, uh, your, your best friend in this, uh, at least, you know, right now uh, they're bolt and Romeo, but I would, I would definitely look at the bolt uh, devices support exactly what you want. The, the idea behind TiVo now is that you have one main box. So we'll, we'll call it the bolt. Although again, the Romeo, um, can do this. The bolt is sort of the new platform. So you have the TiVo bolt, you connect that to one of your TVs and you connect it to your um, incoming cable, of course, from Comcast. And then you also connect it to uh, the internet. And, and actually this can be done in a variety of ways, but, but essentially you do that. Now, obviously that box has access to your cable stream. So you can watch live TV. It can record your shows for you. And because it's this set top box, it can play things from a Plex media library. It can play Netflix. It can play your on demand stuff. It, it's got a, a fairly wide offering of, of services that it can, that it can do for you. So, and, and it's got universal search, which means that if once you've connected all your services and you say, look, I want to watch, you know, a, an episode of Seinfeld or whatever, it's going to find it on whatever services have it. And, and then you can just play it from there. Amazon, Amazon prime, all that stuff is able to be linked in with your, um, with, with your, your TiVo. So that's one TV and gets you that. And then TiVo has the TiVo mini and the TiVo mini. And, and with your main TiVo, you're going to need to buy a subscription. You either buy a lifetime subscription or you pay monthly or I think they've got annual options and that sort of thing. The TiVo Mini, you just buy and you buy it outright and there is no, it's 150 bucks. There is no subscription and that's what you plug into all your other TVs. 
and it has no content on it, but it all ties back to your main TiVo box. And then it can watch live TV and it's all streaming this over IP in your house. It'll either do ethernet cables or it will do, um, it use coax and it uses mocha, uh, which we've talked about here and works very, very well. And I'm doing this at my house and, uh, and it works great. And so now you've got TiVo content streaming to all of your TVs via these TiVo minis. And of course that means that you can see Plex and you can see live TV and you can see everything that's been recorded on your DVR and you have one library. You're not managing multiple DVRs in different places of your house. And it's gorgeous. I will point this out and it's, I have to remind you all, and this will, this will become clear. It's Sunday, the 11th while I'm having this conversation, the TiVo bolt has four tuners. Um, you may not feel you need four tuners, but as soon as you start heading down the TiVo mini path, you'll realize you want at least four and maybe more. And the reason is that the uh, TiVo bolt when it's paired to a TiVo Mini, one of the tuners is used for each Mini that's actively streaming something. So it, if, if it's not actively streaming, the tuner's not locked up by this. But if it is actively streaming, then you've got a tuner dedicated to that. I don't know why it's that way. It's not actually using a tuner if it's sending you content from you know, the DVR library, but that's just how it works. It may be a CPU based thing. I don't, I don't know, but I know that that's the limitation. So if you want to record two things uh, on your, on your main TiVo and stream, you need those extra tuners, even though you're not actually using them as tuners. So uh, as you're looking at this, you want to think about how many TVs you're going to have and more tuners equals better in terms of managing those multiple devices. So, uh, so, you know, investigate that for yourself uh, as you buy, uh, especially throughout the week. So um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, but TiVo, I think is your, is your friend here is very much your friend. So there you go. I concur. My very quickly, my various devices, mm. um, uh, TiVo series three for some things. Um, I still have a cable subscription, Apple TV for some other things. And Synology for some other things. And that's pretty much my Yeah. My media world is right. those three devices. Yeah. And, and 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 you know, Plex will run on, on a Synology, so if you've got that, you're not gonna be able to stream your iTunes library to your TiVo directly, but Plex is free and will point at your iTunes library. So you just need to run it on your Mac and you're good to go. It's no, it's, you know, it's no, you don't have to run it on a Synology. It'll run just fine on a Mac. In fact, in many cases, it runs better on a Mac because your Mac has a better CPU than your Synology device does. I've got a question that you may or may not be able to answer. All right. Let's, let's stump the geeks. Uh Um, uh, Direct TV customer. Direct TV has recently gone back to having TiVo boxes available. Yeah. Do you think this will work or no, no. I don't, well, okay. I don't know enough about the, what direct TV yeah. is using it, uh, the last time they partnered with TiVo, it was TiVo software in a direct TV box. Okay. 
So if you're, I bet it's the same way. Again. It, it, yeah, if yeah. you're getting the box from Directv, right? You, I don't think you get all of the same capabilities that you get if you buy and a standalone TiVo box. Right. Because I remember my wife loved TiVo, and when we went to a DVR setup, as as opposed to that, she she missed right away the the TiVo capabilities. Yeah. And the, the, the almost human interface you dealt with, you know, really yeah. good interface, I guess, is what it yeah. boils down to. So. Yeah. So there you go, and and I will. Um, I will say that there's a lot of people, Comcast customers that are very happy with X one former TiVo, you know, recovering TiVo users that uh, for whatever reason decided not to usually financial decided not to buy a new uh, TiVo unit when their old one died and, and just, you know, pay the monthly fee to Comcast for the X one. And people have been happy with that. I I don't know how far it's going to go into getting stuff from your media library. And I, I, that's just worth investigating. I don't know enough about that, but, but TiVo, especially the kind of the new TiVo model, as, as I described with the, the first, the Romeo, now the bolt, and then the, the TiVo minis is a real, uh, wonderful thing. And, and it's, it's the new paradigm and, and works really, really well. So we've got a couple TVs in the house that all they have on them is a TiVo stream. I I'm lying. One of them has a TiVo. Uh, sorry. I called it a TiVo stream TiVo mini. Um, the uh um and it's got an xbox on it too because the, you know that's different but <laughs> yeah there yeah. you go yeah. Now, richard has the advantage of setting up from scratch though which is huge right and, and i would say yeah to others who don't have that advantage uh, what i'm using and, and i really like is some of the logitech remotes that's what I, I was mean, saying you know, before the harmony yeah, yeah the harmony one yeah i mean yeah. They're, they're so interactive and they do a really good job of figure figuring everything out so yep yeah, it's the, yeah, they that remote series is awesome. Um it's super easy to use and uh and works very very well. So yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. It's one of my one of my favorites is uh is that. So we and we use it in the house. So All right. What else do we uh what else do we have here? Time to go to Joe. I think we've got a little bit of time here, John. You want to do Joe or Larry? We're going to pick one more. You pick it, John. Uh, yeah, yeah well, let's do Joe. Larry. Okay. <laughs> well, Larry, just because I've been through it, but uh, I'll, I'll let you start. All right. We'll do, uh, we'll go to Larry here. That's fine. Larry, I might actually be really quick. So, um, Larry writes, he says, there are times when I want to turn my passcode off because I don't want to have to enter the passcode every time I wake the phone up. Because of this, my Apple Pay information gets deleted. And then when I want to turn it back on, I need to re enter and authorize all my cards. Isn't there a way to save everything so that I don't have to enter it every time? And and the answer is no, uh, at least as far as I know. And I'm curious to your experience, John, but Apple Pay and your passcode are linked. And if you remove your passcode, Apple Pay information goes away. Perhaps, though, you could set your passcode so that it waits four hours before being required again. Right. Settings, passcode or touch ID and passcode, depending on the capabilities of your phone. And then require passcode. You should be able to set that. If Touch ID is on, it needs your passcode immediately, and there's no way to change that. But if you turn Touch ID off, you should be able to set your passcode to uh, something less frequent. So, any uh, any thoughts on that, Mr. Brown? The thought or the experience that I'll share is: I learned that your um, that yeah, your card data is not stored in a backup. Remember when I went no. through my little adventure with my uh, iPhones yeah. getting destroyed? Yeah. Well, the thing is, even though I had an iCloud backup and, and both a local backup, 
though, though I think uh, restoring from the iCloud backup wasn't too painful. It took right. longer, but right. um, your Apple Pay data is not associated with your backup because I had to re-enter every one of my freaking cards again. Yeah. Well, it's tied to the device. It, it wouldn't. I am. Although you're right. Yes, it even, is. Even with the same device, the, the backup just doesn't have it. That's true. And yeah, here's yeah. a little tip. Um, there's another place where you can go to actually remove that data if you would like to. Say your device has been compromised or uh, someone you know is, is going on a shopping spree and you'd like to stop it. <laughs> um, if you log into iCloud, preferences, devices, it'll show you which devices have Apple Pay enabled. If you click on the device, you will see an option saying remove all Apple Pay data. Just thought I'd share that. That's cool. I, you know, I did not know that was there until the other night. I was, I don't know, I was messing around with something and found that. I was like, oh yeah, that, I like this. That's smart. It's good. It's good. Cool. Yeah. Now the thing that's annoying me here though, is that I'm looking at my Apple TV and it's named Apple TV Paren 68. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. <laughs> Why? Oh, you Why? know, that's Bonjour Sleep Proxy for you. Well, I don't have it because I don't have an Apple router or no, not, a, not as my primary. Oh, no, 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 my friend. If you have an Apple TV on your network or oh, I do a, a time capsule or really any Apple router, whether it's in Apple router, whether it's in router mode or bridge mode, uh, those all can act as Bonjour sleep proxies now. No. So why is it at the 68? Because you were running Bonjour Sleep Proxy. That's what happens okay. is it something's holding on to it. So it's probably not your Apple TV. The way to figure out or the way I figure out what device is acting as a Bonjour Sleep Proxy is I wait for one of my Macs to go to sleep. And I, I, I know its IP address, right? So you either know it in advance or find it out in advance and then let your Mac go to sleep and it will hand off to whatever the device is that's the Bonjour Sleep Proxy. Then go to a different Mac and choose to ping it. Uh, when you ping it, you will see replies coming from the proxy and it will tell you the IP address that is acting as the proxy for those replies. And uh, and so then you can narrow down. And for me, uh, it's my old time capsule. That's my my Bonjour sleep proxy. First gen time capsule where the drive has now died. And I really it's it's nothing more than a very over glorified Ethernet switch at this point because i've turned off the wireless because we determined you know what five years ago that that was crap and uh but i left it on the network because it's got a hard drive in it and why not you know it's another backup destination and and then the hard drive died uh, a couple weeks ago and the the light turned from green to yellow (laughs) uh, but uh but it is still acting as my bonjour sleep proxy for better and for worse so uh but but as soon as i turn it off then i assume that will hand off over to the apple tv i could be wrong it might pick something else but there you go so yeah that's what it is all right um you know what we got time for joe we're we're good that one was quick so joe writes somewhere here oh i know i changed the order of things okay there we are joe says um Hi, guys. I tried turning off all calendars in the macOS calendar app. Then I turned them back on. Things loaded, but then the information box appeared, which said moving calendars to server account. The only way to stop this was to do a force quit. However, when I started up calendar again, it continues to show that info box and won't let me do anything else. Very, very frustrating. I hope you guys have some ideas. By the way, when I create a calendar item on my iPhone, it does show up almost immediately in the calendar on iCloud on the web just not on the calendar on my MacBook Pro. 
If I make an entry in calendar on iCloud, it appears on my iPhone, but not my MacBook Pro. Um, he says, one last thing. I have a file uh, in pages, which I update on both my Mac and my Mac of my iPhone and my MacBook Pro, and they sync fine on the MacBook Pro. However, I run pages on iCloud.com. So this might be identical to the situation when I enter a calendar item. I hope you're not confused. No, we're not. It, it sounds like you are storing all of your at least your calendar data locally on your MacBook Pro. And therefore, it's not syncing with iCloud. And and when you see that moving calendars to server account box, what's happening there is it's migrating your local calendars to your iCloud so that things will then sync with your other devices. And you can have iCloud calendars and local calendars simultaneously on your devices if you choose. But as you're finding, that can get confusing because you put something on a calendar, you think it's on iCloud and it's not. So... Uh, I would, it sounds like your, your MacBook might, your MacBook pro might not even be syncing to iCloud at all. Um, I'm curious if you, if your iCloud drive files are syncing or if your contacts are syncing, uh, if they are, then calendars, uh, is your only problem. If they aren't, then iCloud is your problem. And if it's iCloud, I'd go into system preferences, iCloud, Sign out completely, quit system preferences, relaunch it, maybe even reboot your Mac and then sign back in. And and that should help to to clear things up. If it's only your calendars, um, then you could try just unchecking the calendars box in your iCloud pref pane and, and quit and then reach come back in and recheck it. That would be that would be my my advice there. But but unless you have a reason that you wouldn't want your you're a particular calendar synced with iCloud. And I totally get why you might have that reason. But if you don't have that, then I wouldn't store calendars locally. I would let everything sync with iCloud and then sort of your life gets a little bit less confusing to manage. That's my thoughts. What do you, anything from, uh, from you guys? No, nothing, John. No. Okay. Well, that's, uh, then that's where I'm going to bring in the band. Cause that's what we do here. Get a lot of should man, so they don't get hit by lightning and so the storm obliterated. The storm has passed through, as Pete mentioned. I know in pre-show and and I think even during the show, it was a violent but uh, very thin stretch stretch line of storms. Yeah, and uh, and they blew through here. It's sunny out again. Um, There's a lot more leaves on the ground, and uh, the ground is of course wet. We maintained power, or mostly maintained power through the... It flickered a couple times, but the UPS is here, at least kept the computers alive. There is one switch between me here in the in the studio, between us in the studio and the router over in the house. There's one switch that is not on a UPS because it lives in my attic, and I don't want batteries in the attic during, uh, during the summer months, or maybe even the winter months. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so that's why we lost you, John, because when the power flickered, that switch just reset. Um, but, uh, but otherwise, otherwise things are fine here. Unfortunately, it sounds like at your house, you're um, on generator power. Yeah, we're out. You're out. Power's out. So. Okay. Oh, generator will come on when I get home. When you get home, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We did that for eight hours the other night. Car ran into a telephone pole near our home <sighs> and we were out eight hours. Special fun. That's special. <laughs> that's great. God, that sucks. 
All right. Um, I don't know. What do we have here? Feedback at MacGeekGub.com. If you want to send in your questions, your cool stuff found, your tips. We have a ton of tips to go through. We've got stuff from a, a few of the last uh, previous shows, including a bunch of tips and follow-ups from our backup show. So we'll start next week with that, unless something earth-shattering happens between now and then that we just must discuss first. But, uh, I, but I think be, I we think. may have had a storm-induced audio hiccup, Dave, because uh, I believe you said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Oh, I, I did. I said uh, I said feedback at MacGeekGab.com or premium at MacGeekGab.com. If you are a premium member, your support really means a lot to us and, and really, frankly, helps us out quite a bit. And you can find out all about that at MacGeekGab.com. One of the perks that you get is able to email us at premium at MacGeekGab.com. If you're going to support us directly, we uh, prioritize the emails from you, and uh, we do try to answer everything that comes in, no matter what method. But uh, the stuff that comes into premium, we certainly try to address first. So thank you for your, thank you for your support. Really, it means a ton to us. 224-888-GEEK is a number anyone can call. And uh, Pete... Geek is? I think that's 4335. That's right. You, you've been, you, you haven't been here, but you're way in sync. That's good. That's good. And visit us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is really, truly a wonderful resource. Um, I find it a good resource for me uh, as, a, as a user, as well as I'm happy to contribute and help everybody. But that's sort of the point is we all help each other. Visit, uh, go to MacGeekGab.com slash Facebook, because that's easier to remember than Facebook.com slash groups slash MacGeekGab. But uh, but either way, we'll get you there, and you can join the group, and uh, we would love to have you. In fact, there was a topic that we brought up in the group about iCloud photo syncing that I, I want to actually have that discussion with you, John, because I think there's, there's some interesting lessons to be learned or discussed, and it's an interesting thing to explore. So we'll, we'll explore that next week, too. Just ran out of time here today. Anything you want to add, John? No. No. Okay. I want to thank the folks at Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com, for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. And, of course, I want to thank our sponsors, Eero, at Eero.com. Coupon code MGG saves you uh, all the money on your free overnight shipping, or all the money on overnight shipping so that it is free. (laughs) There's a better way to say that. Got to check it out, Eero.com. And the folks in our podcast marketplace, of course, Gazelle. At uh, gazelle.com, you can sell off your old iPhone while you're getting your new one. Fat Cat Software, makers of Power Photos and iPhoto Library Manager at fatcatsoftware.com slash MGG, where coupon code MGG saves you uh, a bunch of money, actually. Smile at smilesoftware.com slash geek. Barebones Software at barebones.com, and of course our friends at Otherworld Computing at macsales.com. Any thoughts on... uh, on three words, Pete, that might uh, that might help. I've only got three words to say. Don't get caught. Don't get caught.